The best news reporters almost have this spell-like way of captivating the audience. And one of my personal inspirations when it comes to journalism are the Danish news anchor, former US correspondent and talk show host Johannes Langkilde. He invited me to his home for a coffee and a talk about journalism, objectivity in media and what makes up a good story. Johannes has done anything from interviewing Hillary Clinton to staying with people in the slum of America, where rent can only be paid because the church supports. It was one of those interviews where, once the microphone was shut, the chat continued. And when I left, I had this no-doubt feeling that this is a person with a high level of integrity and humbleness around his job. Right, let's kick off the show. From Studio Roo, I'm Jesse Fram, and this is Buses for Breakfast, a show where I invite inspiring visionaries and leaders in for a talk about business, branding and communication, and together we gather insights into what makes a difference in the learnings they're bringing forward today. Hey, Johannes. Hey. Hey, thanks for joining the show today, and thank you for um, inviting me home to your, to your lovely home. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure having you. Yeah, thank you. Um, So... I've had a cup of coffee already here, which is lovely. Is that your usual morning routine? Or? Actually, it is. Uh, the first thing I do in the morning is I um, I have to admit I'm, I'm kind of dependent on my iPhone. So I turn it on and I read my, my first two newspapers. I, I wake up pretty early in the morning before my kids, before my wife. Mm-hmm. I switch on my iPhone, read my first two newspapers, and then I go down and I have my first cup of coffee. I'm also very dependent and... Uh, i think some would say maybe even perhaps addicted to coffee. So this is my fifth cup already. <laughs> And you're not bouncing off the walls. I think that's impressive. No, not yet. I I, I would probably need a lot more coffee to be bouncing off the walls. Okay, okay strong. Um So tell me a bit about you and your career. I know you've been a reporter in the States and at the moment you are in Denmark. But give me give me your story. Right. Well, actually, it all began with me trying to become a musician. Um, okay. I thought I had a really uh, bright career as a jazz pianist ahead of me, but I, uh, I had one year at a, a music school uh, in southern France, um, and then I decided, you know what, let's keep it as a good hobby. Uh, I'm not the mu- musician kind type um, professionally. So I decided to to uh, to seek a career in media. Um, I i took a bachelor's degree in media science, decided that was not for me either. So um started all over. I did uh, the journalism school in Denmark and became a, a journalist. Um, and then pretty quickly, I became the uh, the youngest anchor uh, to, to anchor uh, the news in Denmark. I was 26 when I got that gig. And then many years later, after anchoring for, for almost nine, 10 years, I switched from one network to the other. We have two major networks in Denmark. I switched to the other one, which is the equivalent to the BBC, to become the bureau chief in Washington, D.C. So I spent four years over there covering um, politics, general affairs, and then came along Trump. Yeah. And then it was all about Trump. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I covered the election, uh, wrote a book about it, and uh, moved home again after the four years. Absolutely loved my time in Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved home and uh, then I started anchoring again yeah. news and now I'm doing a political talk show. Yeah. So I've I've been doing pretty much everything um, that you can you can do as a TV journalist. Is there a difference in how you do journalism in the States versus Denmark? 
Very much. I mean, the tradition is very different. Uh, the Danish journalistic tradition in itself is very different from, from the U.S. tradition. Um, when you look at the TV tradition, it's even more different. I mean, it's pretty obvious that it's very, very divided. Uh, the networks are obviously biased. I mean, they have, oftentimes it's obvious that they have an agenda and that goes for pretty much all the networks over there. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's very different from what we have in, in Denmark. Our tradition, it's much more, I, I reckon, like the, the British tradition where you have a middle of the road, uh, the truth-seeking journalist that has no bias uh, and, and I have no opinion as a journalist, especially not as an anchor. Uh, um, we report the facts, the news. Uh, I mean, everybody claims to do so, but we actually try to do it for real uh, because we don't think anchors are supposed to have opinions. Mm. Okay. Is that ever an issue? Like, oh, can you actually claim that you do a, like a new story objectively? I guess you can't because even when choosing an, an, an angle, mm. I mean, it's not objective because you, you you choose the angle, right? So you already uh, not being a hundred percent objective, I guess. But it's it's about being fair. It's about uh, covering every angle of the story, trying to be very fair with the sources, not being, not choosing your sources in a way where not everybody is uh, able to to speak out. And and uh, and if someone is criticized, of course, the the other party has to be able to respond. Mm. Um, and um, I also led debates uh, right before parliament elections with the. Um, the prime minister and the leader of the opposition. And I love those moments because there you can really show that it's not about you as a journalist. Mm -hmm. It's about being fair, objective, and and also asking the right questions mm -hmm. to give the audience the best product so they can decide. Mm -hmm. And and that is always what's, what I've tried to do as a journalist, be the uh, catalyst for information so that my audience are either informed, mm. educated, entertained, or, or even even a mix of both uh, of all those uh, factors, I think is uh, is what I try to seek because entertaining, uh, educating uh, at the same time is actually a good thing because then you have the uh, you can capture your audience if you if you can do both at the same time. Mm. But it's never about me, it's about what I'm talking about and the and the story I'm trying to tell. Mm. Yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts and um, one of the ones that came through recently, um, or passed recently, were um, a person who talked about actually objectivity in journalism and um, the person said, it's funny how everybody thought that um, Trump would never happen and um, Brexit would never happen. Is that because the journalists are all sat in the same place and they're trying to project actually what they see around them, maybe in a fair way, but then what, what happens in that case since... I thought a lot about that, actually. I even wrote a book about it because I was amongst the journalists who were wrong. Mm -hmm. I was on TV. I was, uh, as a correspondent, I was on the air doing a live shot. And I said to the anchor, he asked me, so Johannes, is Trump just like a figure that will go away? Uh, but he, but it was funny uh, while it lasted. Or is he actually going to be able to make it to the presidency? Mm -hmm. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to make a bet here. I'll bet you that he will not win the nomination in the Republican Party because, and this is not about politics, it was about his um, personality. I, I, at that time, I couldn't imagine a person like him becoming president in the U.S. 
And that was because I, I was guilty of routine thinking. I was guilty of not seeing what was happening underneath my feet, right? And I think many journalists are prone to that way of thinking. You, you don't have the imagination to think that the unimaginable can actually happen. And that's, I guess, is a sin as a journalist. Uh, and I'll never make it again. Um, and I'm never going to make a bet again on the air. <laughs> Not allowed. Not stupid. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of confessing in my book also that I was guilty of that way of thinking. And I think many of us were. Uh, what comforts me a bit is that I'm, I, I'm in a pretty big group of journalists <laughs> yeah. who made the same mistake, right? Yeah. But I think it's very important that we analyze why we were wrong, uh, what kind of mistake we made, why we made it. Um, was it out of fear of the uncertainty that Trump brought? Was it because some of us didn't want him? Certainly for me, I, I can't say it's because I didn't want him, because as a journalist, I don't want anything. But I couldn't imagine him as a person moving into the Oval. Because to me, the president of the United States has always been a very honorable person that doesn't trash talk other people, who doesn't make up names for other people. And everything that we now know that is connected to the president's way of conduct his, conducting his presidency. Um, now I know it's possible. Uh, and I also know that I should never make that mistake again. Yeah, yeah. Well, lesson learned. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, maybe a bit provocative, but can journalism um, hide between objectivity? Just saying like, no, but we're objective, so therefore they don't take the responsibility they should take. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of bad journalism out there. And and I think some of some of the bad journalism is is rooted in in uh, amateurism, mm. the fact that the journalists are simply not good enough. Mm. Um, some is probably also rooted in the fact that some are trying to uh, decept and deceive, mm. and and actually do try to move the the public opinion through something that they call object objective journalism. Mm. It's probably what we now know now nowadays know as fake news. Mm. So I think we have both mm. bad journalism and then fake news. Yeah, yeah. So what makes a good story then? A good story is a story that is important for people uh, and for people's lives. Sometimes even though they didn't know it. Mm. Um, so. I'm extremely interested in people. Uh, I'm extremely interested in all kinds of people. Some of the best stories I've made has been with homeless people in California. I lived with homeless people in California. Uh, I was in jail with a guy trying to figure out what is it like being an inmate in the U.S. Uh, jails. Um, the country that incarcerates the most people uh, per capita in the world. Mm. Instead of talking about it, I wanted to try it myself. Um, that's a good story because it, instead of talking about it, you you do it and you live the story and then you can report it. Mm. E much more profoundly than if you hadn't tried it yourself. Mm. Um, I've also spent a few hours interviewing Hillary Clinton, when she was Secretary of State, and she made a huge impression on, on, on me, of course. Mm. But 
is that a better story than living with the, with the homeless? No, I'd actually say I, I enjoyed more covering um, the homeless, the inmates. Mm. So I think a good story is a story that uh, really affects the people that you are talking about mm. and the people who are uh, watching that story and hopefully learning something new about other people or maybe even themselves or a mix of both. So what, um, so what is journalism today? Because, I mean, I'm interviewing the journalist for a podcast and, um, and anyone can pick up an iPhone or you can start a YouTube channel tomorrow and you can kind of, you can get out there in many ways. But mm. what, what's the difference? There is no difference. I, I think over the past few years and it's been so quickly, I mean, journalism has been, there is a democratic movement. Everybody is a journalist nowadays. I think it's wonderful. Mm. Um, There is no monopoly uh, in journalism. I mean, everybody can be a journalist. Yeah. So nowadays it's about quality. Yeah. And I think if you're a good reporter mm -hmm. and you don't need to be an educated reporter to, to be a good reporter, if you're a good reporter, you can get an audience and you will make a difference in, in your audience lives. Mm -hmm. And that's wonderful. Are there, when you, I don't know how much you follow like the education today, but are there something the younger generation learn when they go through um, university to become journalists that you wish you had, or there's something the other way around you wish you could give them um, that they're not getting? Well, obviously, I think nowadays it's much more um, focused on social media, mm. obviously, because it's just a huge part of journalism mm. today. It's taking over the, the old media types, maybe not taking over, but a very strong supplement uh, to what I do, old-fashioned streaming, uh, old-fashioned flow TV, right? Mm -hmm. um, so obviously nowadays the uh, the young journalists are uh, educated to become also uh, social media journalists. Mm -hmm. um, I really, I, I think early on, uh, I, I really, because I'm also very much interested in technology and, and gadgets and, mm -hmm. and all that, so I, I was probably one of the first anchors on Facebook. So I started out really early. I tried to, or I did whatever I could to, to become strong on social media also. Even though I did so, I'm not at all at par with my younger colleagues who know everything about Snapchats and uh, all the new platforms and how to do the, the cool Insta stories and all that. I mean, I can do it, but I, I feel I, I, I did my best to, to to tag along, but but they're just so much better. Yeah. Do you use like on a like just as a person? Do you use any of the social channels as an outlet for news telling today? Or I very much enjoy Twitter. I have to say, it's my favorite platform. I think it's the platform that suits me the best because I can get I can follow all the people that I really like. I think I can get really good information, and I can most importantly uh, block out the people I don't want to follow. Mm -hmm. And um, as opposed to some of the other platforms, it's kind of to the point. I think it's professional. It's about the stories. It's not about the people. Mm. Um, so of all the platforms, definitely Twitter is my preferred one. Yeah. Okay. It's funny. It's just... I use it yeah. a lot. Yeah. Also, I, I, I tweet a lot. Yeah, you tweet a lot. It's just interesting. It, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, everybody has that platform, right? Yeah. Um, so... In terms of, so there's a, there's obviously like journalistic communication and then we have 
brands such as brand communication and it is very targeted and you can almost go and say that's biased because they're trying to sell their products. Mm. Are there something marketers um, working in my industry that could, le- could learn from your industry? I definitely think there is um, because basically it's about telling a story, mm. knowing your audience and being transparent mm. and pr- being truthful. Um, obviously, there is an agenda that is much more. Um, there is another concern when you're a business, right? Um, but basically, when you take everything away, it's all. It's it's basically about telling a story. I think it's about knowing your audience, and it's about being truthful, because you you can you can use all the big words and you can try to tweak the story as much as you want. But if it's not the true story, people will find out eventually. Mm. Audience is never stupid. <laughs> no. Never try to trick your audience. And uh, I think you can only tweak the truth to a certain extent. Of course, there is an element of storytelling and getting the story right and mm. and, and and thinking about what, what story it is you want to convey. But if you're trying to do it in a manner that is just not truthful or um, trustworthy, y- you won't get away with it in the in the long run. Yeah. And and that's my reality every day. Uh, as an anchor, I'm I'm uh, I'm extremely focused on getting everything right, being factual, never ever saying anything that people can come back and, and tell me. You know what? You were lying or you were not right. I mean, I, I just never want that to happen. Yeah. Um, I guess in um, brand communication, it's the same, even though you're you're in marketing. It's still about being able to say at the end of the day, I always did the right thing. Yeah, I think that's an important point. Um, is there a difference in how you would communicate in written media versus TV, I know you do a lot of TV, um, mm. if you were like a news journalist on The Guardian or whatever. Would you approach your stories differently or would it be the same? It's, it's very different. Television obviously is, is showing people uh, and, and uh, newspapers writing about people. Mm. Um, you quote people. In, in my business, we travel oftentimes hundreds of miles to actually meet with the people to interview them so they can speak for themselves on the TV screen. So it's a very different uh, workflow. Um, As a young reporter back in the day, I traveled thousands of miles. As a correspondent in the US, I traveled to 43 states. And as a newspaper journalist, um, of course you travel, but you could also sit behind your desk and call these people and get quotes and talk to them and and write your story. I think it's it's a huge privilege working in TV because you get to actually meet your sources, get to sit down with them, talk to them, look them in the eyes, sometimes even live with them. Because if you're not there with a camera, you can't do television. So I feel extremely privileged having worked in, in this industry for 15 years and met thousands of people, high and low, presidents, heads of states, um, homeless criminals. I think I believe that I actually remember most of the people I met and I feel that they have all inspired me. So had I chosen a path where I could be behind a desk and call these people and never see them, never talk to them, never share lunch with them, never live in their house for a night and interview them again the next morning, 
over a cup of coffee, um, that it would have been a totally different um, experience for me as a journalist. Mm. Yeah. So where do you see the future go? Just as a like a final question, um, is is your role as a journalist changing the way you're telling stories? Are that changing? Or there's something you f- you dream about that will happen in future? I, I think obviously journalism is in a crisis um, because we have lost in some way the the confidence of our audience. Hence the debate of fake news. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you see ratings, people people don't trust the media as they used to do, and maybe rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Maybe we weren't good enough. Uh, maybe we lost their confidence and their trust. And I think the only way to regain it is to be better, to be transparent, to be truthful, to be more professional and to make a difference. Uh, today you can get journalism from the internet, from like a million different sources. Mm-hmm. But ask yourself, do you trust all those sources? Who do you trust? Um, and I hope that we can regain the trust So that we, I mean, there are many, many wonderful independent journalists, independent podcasts. You're you're one of them. But I'm just saying that I hope that we as the old media Mm -hmm. can regain some of the trust so that in this big, big sea of information, people will still need some of us to be the, um, The place you go to in the evening when you've had like a million different information and then you say, now I, you know what, I'd actually like to see what Johannes did for me tonight. Because I know him through the past decades. I I kind of trust him, hopefully. I'd I'd like to see what what they did. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to hear their analysis Mm -hmm. over 30 minutes of a newscast instead of all these information that sometimes can be very difficult to 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 sort out when you just have a constant news flow from so many different sources yeah it feels like you just browse headliners and then a headliner could see anything yeah yeah and and again i mean nowadays everybody's a journalist so and and you don't know who's biased who's not biased uh, what is what is fake news what is not fake news does anyone have an agenda or is this actually quality journalism and I, I hope that I, we can regain the trust uh, so that the audience knows that here they get like this certified mm. <laughs> product that they are free, free to criticize and I, I like I love to be criticized and I'm not saying that we are getting it right every time but I mean we are really trying hard to do so I will let that be the final word thank you so much for for coming today. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, welcome. Buzzes for Breakfast are hosted by me and produced by Studio Roo. If you like our show and want more exciting stories like this, don't forget to follow us. You can get all episodes for free on any of your preferred podcast services. 